Unchained Rock Show, All Talk with Steve Harrison. You're listening to the Unchained Rock Show with me, Steve Harrison, right here on ARFM. Uh, now, my next guest, no stranger uh, to having a chat with us here on ARFM. I first uh, came across this band, got uh, sent the album through as a sort of a reissue via Nuclear Blast a few years ago. Fortunate enough to see them on their first ever debut gig for the UK uh, at Bloodstock Festival and a magnificent uh, performance it was indeed as a Sunday morning as I recall on the main stage set to release the third album of a trilogy. Uh, the uh, album is titled Self Loather, set for release via Nuclear Blast on the 29th of October uh, from the band Ghost Bath. What a pleasure once again to be chatting to Dennis. Dennis, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's nice to talk to you again. Hey, so, uh, oh, mate, it's, uh, it's uh, certainly a pleasure. Uh, and uh, straight off the bat, I've been really fortunate enough to uh, have a preview of Self Loather. Uh, and uh, a, a, a magnificent album again indeed uh, witnessed uh, you and uh, Bloodstock uh, and then also on the support with Catatonia which I think was probably about a year or so later around about 2017 uh, and uh, uh, talking of Bloodstock I've got to sort of I've got to mention this straight away because Without any festivals and without any music for two years, Bloodstock took place this year. Uh, and we were reminiscing about some of the fine performances uh, that we saw. And you were mentioned because I, I was only talking to a friend of mine. We were sat in the press area and about, oh, God, Ghostbath. Uh, what a fantastic performance that is. And we'd not heard anything. And I said, oh, I remarked, we've not heard anything from them for ages. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, after releasing sort of Starmorn a couple of years or so ago, I'm thinking like, oh, and then literally within an hour in my inbox uh, was a single sent from Nuclear Blast of a new Ghost Bath track. Uh, and I just thought, how uncanny was that? And of course, now having the album and the opportunity to talk to you, mate. So uh, got to say, it's a cracking album. And not before time, you've kept us waiting, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, um, that wasn't the initial plan. I mean... Uh, yeah, the the last album came out in April in 2017, and our plan was to tour on that and then start writing the next album, which didn't happen until about the end of 2019. So it's kind of perfect timing to um, to you know try to get back to touring in 2020. And by that, I mean it's terrible timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so so we just ended up taking our time with it because, you know, we knew we weren't going to get on the road anytime soon. And so the the whole process took about a, a year and a half, but we, we were in no rush, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Did that sort of uh, uh, that sort of period of downtime as it went, well enforced for globally, really. Uh, and, and like I say, no rush, uh, normally sort of rushed by the fact that you'd be on tour, uh, sort of servicing Star Mourner, probably, I don't know, for an 18 month or two year, the, the usual two year touring cycle and then a rush job to sort of say, OK, God, we've got to get a new album out. So was that quite a nice leisurely uh, sort of pace with which to uh, uh, to work on self-loather then? Um, usually, I mean, for the last three albums, I would do it all in a very short period of time. Yeah. I sort of have everything planned out beforehand. Yeah. And then, um, we just, you know, it was, it was usually just me writing though. So it was a, a different process this time because we wrote it as a full band. And so 
I'm not really sure um, how much of an impact it was for it being a full band and how much um, of it was being the pandemic because it was just a new writing process all around for us. So, you know, I lived in North Dakota, so I was about an eight hour drive away from the rest of the guys. And so if we ever wanted to get into the same room, um, it was kind of a big trip for me. So I would only be able to get out there, you know, once or twice a month at, at most for a few days at a time. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think just the different writing process overall helped us write an album that sounded different. And that's, yeah. that's what I wanted. I didn't want to write, you know, the same sounding album over and over. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, was that quite a challenge for you then? Cause I, I, I sort of do recall uh, when we sort of spoke, cause we, we did, we did catch up as well at uh, the Brudenell social club in, in Leeds. I think that was the, that was the Catatonia tour, wasn't it? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, and certainly, you know, that you were uh, really sort of focused on uh, developing the music, the art by yourself. So was it, was it challenging in terms of incorporating ideas and that writing process? You mentioned it was different for you. So was it challenging? Um, I think it went really, really smoothly. Um, we we had been a band together since uh, 2016, at yeah. least for playing live together. So we were really used to to playing music with each other. I think we were all on the same page by then. And um, the first song we did, um, we wrote it all in the same room. So that kind of helped get everyone on the same page. Um, it was convinced me to bleed the first yeah. single that we put out, yeah. and then everyone kind of knew, okay, this is this is what we're going with for the album. And um, from then on, we we had kind of had a mixed approach where we would send files back and forth. Um, sometimes we'd get together and write it all together, and then even one track we waited. We just had like one riff, and then we yeah. wrote the the entire track basically in the studio. Um, I don't think I don't really think it was too challenging. I mean, I, I didn't know how it was going to go before we started, but I think everything went pretty smooth. We we weren't arguing about parts or anything. Um, for, it, it just flowed really well for us. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that that's probably helped with the fact that uh, sort of touring and, and playing together uh, and getting a sort of a, an element of uh, of understanding uh, on that basis. But again, I suppose so. Did were they all sort of uh, really focused in coming from that sort of same theme, the same idea? Notwithstanding, and it's what you've just said about actually the challenge, or not even the challenge, was the idea was that we didn't want to sort of repeat yourselves in terms of mu- uh, the musicality of the album, which absolutely clearly it isn't. Uh, and, and in one sense, sort of surprise, but a, a positive and pleasant surprise for me, but still capturing that essence of the sort of, uh, I suppose that you know the, the black metalness for want of a for want of a better phrase. Yeah, I think. I mean, anything that that I work on is going to sound like Ghost Baths. This is basically, you know, my unique voice. Um, So even if if we have three different guitarists and so if one of the other guitarists comes up with the main riffs or some ideas, um, when I put my my touch on it or my guitar parts on it, it's going to bring it back to Ghost Bath. But it's going to come from a different approach from one of them. Like they write a lot more complicated parts, a little bit more of a variety when it comes to like uh, time signatures and, and stuff I wouldn't personally write. Yeah. And so I think that that brought those different elements to it. And then um, our drummer as well, like I usually would program all the drums and then just have him uh, 
perform them on the record like he did with Star Mourner. So this yeah, yeah. time he wrote all of his own parts. And even if we were like sending files and saying, oh, this is kind of my idea for it, it was up to him. And each each player of their own instrument had the final say on their own parts. So, yeah. Uh, you mentioned there about, uh, obviously, the the recent single that's been released, uh, Hide From The Sun, featuring uh, CJ McMahon from uh, They Are Is Murder. Uh, how's that sort of relationship developed over time then? Um, it all started um, when Andy from the band, he he used to live in Minneapolis where all the rest of the band lived. Yeah. Um, and we had been talking one day, I think over Facebook, and he asked... Hey, do you want to get a cup of coffee? And I was like, Oh yeah, sure. I'm coming into town to to practice or whatever. And we we talked about doing a tour together, and we ended up booking like almost a two month tour um, in North America, as Canada and the U.S. Um, with Thyroid is Murder, Decapitated, uh, Fallujah, and then yeah. us. Yeah. And so yeah, we we became friends with those guys. They're really they're really cool and. And I, I could tell CJ really enjoyed us. Like he would watch our sets and stuff when we were opening. Um, and so when we wanted, you know, kind of a different uh, different guest vocalist than just, you know, another black metal musician on yeah. the record, yeah. we, we thought of CJ. And as soon as we, we asked him about it, he was completely down. Um, he was really stoked about it. And I think he, he did a really good job on it. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, in terms of uh, sort of going back to the sort of musicality of things, then, and, and wanting to sort of uh, sort of change things up or down for for that matter, um, I suppose in determining that, I mean, I'm just thinking of like particular tracks, like a like sanguine mask, sort of that the lower deep end and sort of steadier riff on that, uh, which was sort of a, a real sort of heaviness to it, but still, like, you know, there's still that elements all the way through. As you say, it's absolutely definitely ghost bath. If you know, if you're familiar with you your work uh but was that sort of uh you know the, the conscious decision to sort of say well actually yeah let's just sort of change this up was that based on um the the feelings and the lyrical content did that drive the mood and the sort of uh the musicality or was it fact that actually we'll change the the music we want to sort of be a heavier or different vibe to it and then the lyrics followed how did how did that element work um, this is the, the third and final part of a trilogy that I've had planned since Moonlover came out in yep. 2015. Yep. So the idea was always to have sort of a heavier, darker um, sounding album. And for me, the the music always comes first. Like I've, I think we started every single track with a guitar riff. And from there, we, we build all the music around it. And the lyrics and the vocals were were the very last thing that I did. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm really good at, you know, translating um, whatever emotions or feelings uh, through a guitar. Like I've been playing guitar for so long. It's, it's sort of second nature for yeah. me. Yeah. And so writing lyrics for Ghostbeth though, was a brand new, brand new thing with this album where every previous album um, didn't have any lyrics on it. And so um, I, once every single demo track was was done and recorded that's when i i sat down and i listened and i i wrote the lyrics so it was music first and then um lyrics and title and art and everything else after yeah because it always interests me i mean in terms of the, the i actually mentioned there the title self-loather is it right that you've sort of changed that from uh from the sort of previous sort of iteration or the idea of the album then 
Yeah. Um, at first I was thinking I'd do uh, moon, sun and stars uh, just to, to sort of keep in the same theme. But I, I don't know. It just, it, it didn't fit for me. Yeah. Um, once I, we had finished the album and once I had all the lyrics written and I just think um, self loather was more powerful and it just fit better. And maybe it couldn't, it didn't have to, I didn't have to like restrict myself to sun, moon and stars. And even though uh, I did like sun loather, cause I, I, you know, I just woke up. I'm a night owl. <laughs> so yeah. I don't really like the sun anyway, but <laughs> yeah, I think uh self low. There was, a, was a better title for, for like a DSPM type record. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, because for me, you know, you sort of look at the title and then an awareness of the band and then listening to the album that almost sort of drives that sort of, uh, sort of, yeah, sun low that it almost has that sort of, I don't know, different sort of psyche about that phrase of self low, that, that more sort of oppressive depressive heavier uh sort of psyche feel to it rather than sun low they're almost like oh it's the sun it's a bit sort of a a lighter element i don't know but that's my interpretation and i know that when we've spoken before it's sort of like okay this is your sort of uh, reason and to coin a phrase from the, the the good old pr blurb about the raison d'etre of why you created it but once it's out there people are open to interpret and embrace or not uh, about how um well what was interpret how things have happened in their lives and then associate that with the music so for me it's like self-loather sort of depicts itself more with the, the musicality of the album does that sort of does that make sense is that what you're sort of trying to achieve on that yeah yeah i really i don't know the the feeling it gave off with sun loather just didn't yeah it just didn't feel right for for what we created and i i love picking out like titles of tracks and the titles of the albums and like putting that whole package together even the visuals included to to focus on you know a certain atmosphere and um and so I think, yeah, uh, I ended on self loather and and it just fit with the entire package better. I don't know. Sun loather sounds like a, a like a death metal record or something to me. Yeah. So that's that's probably why I didn't go with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. You mentioned there as well about sort of the the, the titles, uh, the track titles, and then the overall concept of of the album and and the title. Uh, the association, because you know sometimes you'll just get a, a random title of an album, but is, is there a distinct association between the title of the album and what you want to garner from that sort of first, oh, ghost bath, self-loather, that links into the tracks and the title tracks. So, for instance, like you've got Sinew and Vain, uh, uh, Flickering Wicks of Black, uh, and then uh, Sanguine Mask, which I, I think is a cracking track. Um, Each, I don't know. I I, I think when I, when I was titling... Um, the, the titles of the tracks came after I wrote the lyrics. Um, and so I, I kind of took a part of the lyrics, um, that made sense and then put it as the title. Um, I, I actually write like prose, like fiction, and I like doing that in my chapters as well. So I would get, find something that was about a third of the way through the chapter. And then that's kind of the name of the title. Yeah. And I like that because when you're reading, um, or in this case, when you're listening to the track, you'll, you can like hear those, the title in the lyrics, um, you know, a third of the way through or something. Yeah. Um, uh, for some reason, I don't know, I, that just kind of ties it all together for me. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. I mean, in terms of, um, the sort of, uh, the, the concepts, 
uh, and then the sort of future of Ghostbusters. Because if, if I'm not mistaken, you didn't sort of intend it to be a, a, a live band as such and then go out there was it just sort of like a almost a, a home project so where does this sort of leave you in terms of the the future of of, uh, of ghost bath and the sort of concepts to take forward then um yeah i mean at the very beginning in like 2013 2012 i was just doing it as a side project and obviously it's grown from then yeah. um yeah. when we it was just kind of like a snowball effect of you know people connecting with it people getting interested in it and then eventually getting signed to nuclear blast um at that point i made the decision i wanted to play live i mean i figured i might as well with with you know that kind of label supporting us yeah um yeah. and i mean the intention for this album was always to once the pandemic started we were like okay we can take our time with this take our time writing it, take our time recording it and just kind of wait everything out. Um, I'm seeing more and more shows pop up now. So yeah, maybe we'll be able to get on the road and, and tour with this one. Um, if not, and if things get worse, we can just write another album and then get on the road, but we love playing live. And so um, yeah, as soon as we can, we'll, We'll want to be back out there playing shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned there about sort of shows popping up. Is, have you had the opportunity yet to sort of uh, uh, to to go to any sort of recently? Uh, I mean, we've been we've almost had like festival season here in the UK, being condensed from like I don't know four or five months into about six weeks, and I've been really fortunate that I've been uh, invited to to cover them all uh, uh, for the for the station. So like the Download Pilot, Bloodstock Festival, Leeds Festival, Slam Dunk. So there've been a range of them that have started. And now I know that in various states in the US, it's like some states that they've sort of got gigs on. Others are saying, oh, you need to be vaccinated before you can sort of have a gig and people can come in. And others are still sort of saying, no, there's nothing happening. How's that sort of impacted on you both? Yeah, wanting to set things up and then equally having the opportunity to go back out and experience and see bands again. What's that sort of been like for you? Uh, as a very late, I... I just got a house and so I've been really busy um, moving across the country. So I'm all the way on the East coast now right. uh, in Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh. So um, as far as like metal shows, I haven't been to any lately. I've been to some strange shows. Like I went to the Irish festival. Um, I went to <laughs> a pierogi festival, which is like a, a food. And then I went to the Renaissance festival. And so I saw some kind of bands there. Oh, okay. um, it wasn't really metal. Yeah. Um, this weekend, I was planning to go to um, the Black Dahlia, uh, Carnifex, Rivers of Nile uh, tour that's coming through here. Yeah, but yeah. I'm actually booked to be on a podcast. So I'm not going to be able oh, to right. get out there. No way. Right. That's all right, though. <laughs> I'll, I'll get I'll get more chances. But um, as far as like booking shows for us, it does seem uh, a little difficult right now to jump on something because a lot of stuff is just the same tours that were planned this year and last year pushed. Yeah pushed forward in time and so there's not really as much room as there was you know if we just wanted to to start a new tour jump on something new um but yeah we're just keeping our eyes open and uh as soon as we we find something that we think fits really well we'll we'll probably jump on that so yeah 
Yeah. Uh, a, a question just, and again, sort of doing a bit of research and from our previous conversations, but you like your sort of uh, your fantasy novels, don't you? So uh, have you been sort of picked up anything new fairly recently? Have you had the opportunity to do plenty of more reading? And, uh, and what have you sort of been uh, delving into while you've had that downtime? Obviously, the opportunity to take the time to write music for uh, self-loather. But uh, and then and obviously buying a house and sorting out moving, which is a, a nightmare. I've moved a couple of times. It's a, it's a nightmare. But in the downtime, have you sort of been, you know, sort of uh, taking it easy and reading? And what have, what else have you been doing? Um, as so, yeah, lately, um, the last month I moved at the beginning of August was just all moving stuff, all you know, changing over your bills and your uh, my uh my record label uh, i had to like move the business to a new state it's all new tax yeah, laws yeah, and all of yeah. that all of that fun stuff <laughs> uh, very lately i've just been you know man i uh i've gotten really into like trading uh cryptocurrency oh, right. okay. so um right. i just i caught i got kind of obsessed with that for a while right. uh, i've kind of pulled out of it a little bit more lately but uh yeah it's mostly just been running the label um putting out because Bandcamp has been doing something called Bandcamp Fridays Friday. yeah absolutely where where they don't take a uh, a cut so it, it's really nice um for labels and artists right now yeah. so I try to do like a vinyl release every month and that keeps me pretty busy yeah um I haven't I haven't been able to do as much yeah reading reading lately or even writing uh I, I am working on setting up like a a den for me to to have like a, a quiet space to to read and write in right now but yeah it's taking a while you know you gotta buy all the furniture and rugs <laughs> and paint all the rooms and all that so. yeah I, I mean in terms of the sort of uh the the independent label how long have you been involved with that now then i started it in january of 2018 right. it's called geometric lullaby um it's it's vaporwave it's very different type of music from black metal but i do find a lot of metal fans um who also like like that kind of yeah kind of music it's yeah. uh i also do like dark ambient and i don't know you, you just have to to check it out to see but um i do all the design work um i started it by just you know packaging cassette tapes um in in my my tiny apartment and then i do like 50 cassette releases at first and that slowly grew. And then I eventually I was doing some vinyl releases and then yeah. I was hand packing like 300 vinyl, 500 <laughs> vinyl, a thousand vinyl by hand until uh, like five, six in the morning. And I was like, okay, I got to get like a, a fulfillment center. And then I got that. So it's just, I don't know. It's just another project of mine. They just started, you know, <laughs> growing es pretty escalated. quick. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, that, that's, that's my full-time gig now. And then, uh, I, so I work from home and then I just uh, work on the band stuff as well. Yeah. Interesting on the sort of cryptocurrency. Are you sort of, uh, I don't know if you're aware of something like Avenged Sevenfold have gone down that sort of crypto route and the things that you can sort of tap into. Is that sort of the future of Ghost Bath and offering those opportunities on, uh, I forget now, NF, oh, I can't remember what it is. Is it not NFC? Oh, it? NFTs? Yeah, NFTs, yeah. Um, I mean, I considered it. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it really fits fits with the band um, <laughs> branding wise or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, it's just more of like, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I've never really invested before or anything like that. And I kind of had some extra money to play around with. Obviously you don't want to 
put in money yeah, you can't afford exactly, to lose. Yeah, yeah. So um our guitarist, he Tim, he always uh he's always like day trading and and <laughs> trading stuff like that, but that not with crypto, but then he got me into it. Yeah. And so yeah, I I remember um I I invested in something called Shiba coin. There's all these dog tokens and uh when he was first showing me, he's like, Oh, just check this out. I like put in 500 just to, to check it out and it's see it. how it worked. Cause yeah. this is my very first time. And yeah. I was like, all right, well, I'm done. I learned it all. I'm good. And then I just sold it all. And I checked it probably two weeks ago, like what it was worth today. If I wouldn't have sold it, if I just left it in there and it would have been like a hundred thousand dollars. No crazy. way. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That happens <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, wow. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's incredible. But then you do hear sort of stories like that when you sort of see something random on, on the news where some guy's lost his hard drive and he's got his access code to his Bitcoin and it's worth $16 million or whatever and it's like it's never to be seen again and it was an old computer or, you know, when sort of Bitcoin currency first started out. It's, yeah, some random... That's incredible that that opportunities sort of occur through uh, cryptocurrency. Yeah, it's... It's very up and down, very crazy. Yeah. Um, and more and more people are getting into it, so it's getting harder to to find those those types of jumps yeah. <laughs> in, in money because everyone's like, "Oh, I can do that now," and you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't worry. I I write down all my my passcodes <laughs> on, on paper, so I'm not going to lose it. <laughs> yeah, on paper, old school. And talking of old school, so very quickly around the cassettes as well, because uh, so I'm I, I am of a certain age. You may be able to sort of tell, although these youthful good looks belie my true age. I am a bit of an old git. Uh, but I remember, I remember back in the day doing demos when I used to be in a band, sort of eighties, uh, and it's you know, the old cassettes. And it's interesting that cassettes are sort of picking up, not in the way that vinyl has, obviously, but it's still there, isn't it? It's still sort of there's a steady sort of uh, curve on the increase, and the love for cassettes seems to be sort of there. Yeah, when I was younger, I I had cassettes too. So <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's that's somewhere where there's an overlap of of vaporwave and metal because I saw cassettes both both growing in both genres and I think it just fits um sort to sort of have a little bit more of a lo-fi sound yeah. um yeah how you would on a cassette where vaporwave is sort of a nostalgic um 80s feel to a lot of the music and then um metal and black metal especially um really gets a, a certain feel or atmosphere to it with that lo-fi sound. So, um, yeah, I th I've done, you know, ghost bath cassettes and then, yeah. um, cassettes are really big in, in vaporwave. So I think, I think people, I mean, if you can just download an album, um, I think that's why, I mean, I don't buy CDs anymore. People, if they're going to buy something physical, they want sort of an analog format. Yeah. Um, just for something different. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's, yeah, certainly it's one of those regrets of mine selling all my vinyl collection. And it's just, it's always the same conversation. Oh, yeah, I remember back in the like 80s and 90s vinyl, and then the CDs come out, I flogged everything, gave it away. And now I just spend my time sort of buying again what I used to have back then. And I don't use CDs anymore. It's like, if I've got to have it, it's vinyl. Uh, I've got one or two cassettes, but that sort of bug hasn't grabbed me just yet. But I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm always tempted to think, oh, yeah, this is a nice tape cassette. You know, because we did like, they're trading bootlegs back in the 80s and early 90s uh, of gigs and, and concerts and stuff like that. It was always like, yeah, tape bootleg all the time. So I did get into that some time ago, but or years ago, but gave it all away again. 
so is that have you got some old school sort of still that bootleg cassettes of things like that? Is that does that interest you, or is it a case of let's focus on the sort of the, the newer aspect of, uh, of of cassettes then? Uh, as far as cassettes, yeah, I mean, I have a ton. My my collection's mostly vaporwave stuff, so it's going to be you know the oldest is going to be like 2012. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to have like thousands of them, but I I sold a lot off and. That's something funny. You can like flip cassettes in vaporwave. That's how I kind of got the capital to start my label. Um, you know, you'd buy them from a label for like ten dollars, but there's such a limited release that you can sell them on Discogs for like forty bucks vinyl, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Same with vinyl. Same with vinyl. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I do have um, my my uh, my stepfather. That that's you. <laughs> he uh, gave me like every single kiss album on cassette that he had it's <laughs> like collection it's like in like a suitcase and then i have some like van halen and stuff but i i don't really have like an extensive um uh old school like cassette collection yeah. um I, I i do have some like older vinyl um and i just started picking up some more metal vinyl because i just got like a new a new record player to to test out the vinyl oh, for the label okay. but i picked up like um I got Dark Throne back here. I got um, Blood Incantation and uh, Tribulation. And then I yeah. picked up uh, DSBM Bands Vinyl uh, Silencer. That was like 80 uh, bucks. Uh, oh, right. Because that's, <laughs> that's, they didn't Silencer. Uh, Swedish? They're Swedish, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 They're, they're kind of mysterious. But yeah, everyone, yeah, they're from Sweden. Yeah. God. Old school, and eighty dollars for that. It was that like a? Uh, did they? I think it's. I, I, I remember reading somewhere because I remember you talking about them before. Think, oh yeah, check them out. And it's a bit like, yeah, okay, interesting, interesting vibe to it. Because <laughs> I think they only did one release, didn't they? Yeah, I was just they did a single and then they recorded one one record and it, they have like some of the most extreme, ridiculous, high pitched vocals. <laughs> <Yeah>. So. <laughs> I, I thought it was really funny at first, even though now I I, I like it yeah. unironically. Like I, sl- it, it grew on me over time. But yes. I think it's just sort of it, it's just a staple in in depressive black metal. So I had to pick it up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, is that one of your prized possessions in your collection? Then, or have you got a prized possession like piece of vinyl or cassette for that matter? What's your on the on the last note? Then, what's your prized possession that you own in terms of vinyl or cassette? Ooh, um, I would say it doesn't have to be the most expensive either, but something that means the most to you. What, have, what is it? It might be an expensive one as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, man, I'm trying to think. I, I think uh, I, I don't know. I didn't. I, I'm so like spread out in like what I like. I don't. I don't have like one piece um you know the the metal vinyl i picked up were just you know what i wanted to listen to at the time and yeah um i go through like seasons of what i like so it's hard to <laughs> to be like oh this is the one like i don't i don't really have something like that um most of the vinyl and stuff i have is stuff i've released on the label so it'd be kind of weird to be like oh i like this thing i put <laughs> on <out> myself like <laughs> And that's not always a bad thing. So, well, you know, it's, 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 it's not, I have no issue with that. The fact that if you've written something and you love it and you like it, well, that's it. Be proud of it and say, I love this. I did this and I love it. And I, and I hope you love it too. Much like the Ghost Bath albums, obviously. 
Okay. Well, I'll pick. It's not. I didn't write the music, but I put it out on the label. Um, I'd say it would be. There's an album called Yes Exclamation Mark. We're open. Yes, we're open. Right. And it's a vaporwave album, and it's basically sounds like you're shopping in a grocery store because the the artist is called Groceries and is like. <laughs> Wow. It's a staple in the vaporwave genre. Um, it came out a long time ago, and I was yeah. able to do the first vinyl release of it. Oh, and man. so that, yeah, that's my that's my prized one. <laughs> right. Oh, that is cool. That is cool. Well, listen, uh, Dennis, uh, I, on that note about your prized possessions, I've got to say, uh, as always, a pleasure catching up with you. Uh, and I genuinely mean it because uh, it, was, it was the uncanny timing of a conversation uh, with another fellow radio journalist and friend I was sat next to in the press tent was, uh, oh, do you remember when that Sunday morning Ghostbath came on on the main stage and uh, just absolutely, totally slayed it? It was superb. Uh, and then because, uh, I mean, myself and Matt, who's a friend of mine, we're like, we love Ghostbath, came to see with Catatonia, got the albums, etc. And we we're like, oh, yeah, what? Yeah, we went heard up from them for ages. And it literally was uh, within the hour, ping, convicts need to bleed, and the inbox. And it, we were like, we were sort of raucous with laughter about, I cannot believe that was somebody listening to that conversation. Was it a universal karma or whatever? It's one of those where you ask the universe and it'll come down to you, whether you believe in that or not. I'm not sure I do, but I just thought I'd use that as, a, as an analogy. So uh, it was brilliant to the fact, you know, the fact that you've actually released something else and uh, been looking forward to it for ages and, and here it is. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is indeed. Uh, listen, Dennis, we shall call it there. Uh, again, uh, really do appreciate you taking the time out to uh, to chat to us here on ARFM. Uh, and certainly look forward to seeing you guys at some point. Uh, it'd be great to see you uh, over here in uh, in the in the UK in the not too distant future as well. Tours are happening again, uh, and there's some sort of great bands coming over the over the pond. Interestingly, you mentioned Carnifex as well. I think they're coming over with uh, is Ariel's Chelsea Green and Lorna Shaw that seem to be a bit of a flavour uh, just recently. And uh, I, I do I'm, I'm, I'm liking technical death metal uh, as well as uh, depressive black metal. I like a whole range of eclectic things so uh get yourselves over to the uk we need to see you again that's all i'm saying <laughs> yeah i'm the same way i mean we've we've toured with with death metal with black metal with black gaze so yeah um we will do our best because we definitely <laughs> love touring over there so indeed indeed uh, dennis again thanks so much for your time mate you take it easy and uh go back then have a bit more of a nap now for another maybe another half an hour before your next chat <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> go take a quick power nap and I'll be up and ready for the next one. So. All right, mate. Thanks very much for your time. Cheers, man. Appreciate it. <laughs>